Hi, friends. Welcome to the Revenue Real Hotline, where twice a week we'll bring you conversations designed to help you make better decisions and find more joy while selling. I'm Amy Rahovchek, and I'll be your guide. Let's go. One of my friends, Davidson Hank, wrote a book about masculinity. He's an A at LinkedIn and is now, he's amazing. He's a great human being. But we were talking on his episode on our, during our conversation. You know what? I'll ask this question first and then we'll go back to what Davidson answered and how it kind of all ties together. But Lori, what is the hardest, most uncomfortable conversation that you've ever had to have while generating revenue? This could be buyers. This could be internal. This could be significant other right? Sometimes that's a factor. Over the years, I mean, there've been, there've been many. Yeah. Yeah. Tons to choose from. So when I look back, I think the thing that jumped out most since we've been talking about women in sales was when I was in my second corporate role and my first company I worked out, there was no issue about being male or female. We had a really amazing group of people that I worked with. But the second one, I had to sell myself on why they should hire me. I was the first woman they ever had in field sales. And we got to a point where someone who had started after me was going to take over a multi-million dollar account that I had been working for a long time. And not only was it uncomfortable, I mean, it was elite that they could just take me off and put somebody else in the place. And I think that the way I started the conversation by indicating that it was illegal was the turning point to where it it became a very uncomfortable conversation ultimately caused me to leave the organization. At my next company, which was a competitor, I got a lot of that business back. So that's how I solved that issue other than going to a legal route, which I certainly could have done. But at that time, I was concerned that it was a small community. I mean, it's a big city, but it was a small community in terms of our circles. And so retaliation is a thing for you too? No way. I thought that was just something that I had to worry yeah, about. Business <laughs> away. Yep. And uh, and then ultimately that company that I had worked with that took me off the account, they went out of business and it wasn't because it, I had nothing to do with that. It was all them, <laughs> but it was just continued bumbling on their part. So, but that, you know, I never forgot that. And I, I have had, there, there are many conversations when it comes to negotiating and different things that have been somewhat uncomfortable. And I've learned a lot of strategies over the years to help with that. So I believe that today I have a lot less of those types of conversations, but I've had many over the years. You know, well, I think it's, that was courageous of you to stand up and I think dropping the, well, this is illegal that, and you don't make a lot of friends when you do that, but kudos to you for pursuing an adjacent solution. And then letting karma do the rest, which is awesome. But anyway, okay, so Lori, when I asked this to Davidson, so he wrote a book about masculinity and he talks about allyship and how allyship, his brand of allyship and how he's taking action is to create a space for men to help other men to understand the problem. And I think that this is an absolute critical one, right? Because I mean, you know how it is, guys or people's relationship with their father and like how that, all that kind of stuff, like that is a thing. And so- 
Can you think of any men that have created an allyship space just for other men to talk about gender or the impacts of gender on their business and the team? Yeah, over the years, I have run into and worked with some amazing men that are doing great things. And one of the things we've done is panels where, you know, if I did a panel now about women in sales, it wouldn't be all women on the panel. That's what we used to do. And it was ad nauseum, you know, that there would be panel after panel. We're going to do a panel about women in sales and it's all women. Well, I wouldn't even think of doing it. The last one that we did on building inclusive sales teams, we had two men on the panel and a diversity of thought and backgrounds on that panel. And there's, I mean, it's too numerous to name, but there are some really great men that have built sales teams that are 50% female with female leaders and sometimes even more than that. And I like to shout them out when we're talking about different topics and and on an ongoing basis. So yeah, there's some great men in tech and outside of tech. You know, the women in sales issue is in just about every industry. Yeah, not all, but <clears throat> nearly all. And so we do need to talk those guys up and have them teach what they're doing. So I am seeing more men speaking up and uh, getting some credit for helping to be part of the solution. Awesome. Okay. So Davidson's hard conversation, it had to do with, there was a women in at LinkedIn, women in sales at LinkedIn, and it was an allyship event and he would go regularly. And he found that he was the only dude in this room. And understanding the connection between leading by example, he went to his boss's boss and essentially was like, how come you never come to these things? Or there's never anybody else in the room. And I'll link to the that episode in the show notes, friends, like right with that moment, if anybody's interested in that conversation, but it didn't go well. And I think that's another great thing to point out. Put yourself in the room. Go in there with an open mind and an sure. open heart. Leave your what you think you know at the door, right? Because all of us, right? We come with all this baggage on this particular topic and we're just starting to talk about it. All right. So Lori, I, this is something that's very real for me right now. And that is when people think about what it is, what the problem is, like harassment, right? As a perfect example, it's, oh my God, somebody tried to touch you or physically, you know, grab you. And, and those are egregious instances and very easy to throw the not all men out there. However, they're very few conversations about the much smaller microaggressions that happen on a daily basis. And one in particular just happened. Like I did a tweet about this and I sent you this tweet. Did you see this? Yeah. Okay. So listeners, I'm starting to play around with Twitter again, but I did a tweet about how it's been two weeks now since I've carried a bag. Two weeks. It's taken two weeks until a top prospect pushed aside the opportunity and decided that, and explicitly said this, they would rather have an illicit affair instead, like hit on me. And like, so to be clear, I don't give a shit, right? This does not surprise me anymore because I know what it's like. And so, and I share that for any women that are listening to this or just getting started, like it's, this is going to happen and it's far worse when you're not prepared for it or you don't realize. So to understand, this is very much a thing, but Lori, this happens all the time and it's fucking exhausting. And when I think about how this affected my own 
self-worth over a decade. Yeah. It's like you start to question your value, right? Is this the only reason why I'm sitting here, right? And then when you bring it internally, right, and tell your boss, it's, oh, well, sometimes that conversation is met with not being believed or, oh, you're overreacting. He was just joking. Or it's, we need the revenue more. So deal with it. Yeah. We talked about the peers and the snickering. Like I, I have vivid memories of dudes on teams laughing, like snickering behind the sale after I'm number one on the leaders board again. Oh, I wonder what she's doing to right. put up, you know, yeah. that kind of shit. And so when I think about which part sucks more, the fact that it happened or that when you bring it internally to your team and then it's just, I think it's worse when you bring it internally, but yeah. let's say you, and then what are some of the other smaller things that, well, that you've seen that we don't talk about enough? Well, I think that they're not really microaggressions. I think they're aggressions <laughs> because it's, you know, like you said, words are relative. And sometimes it's one of those small things that somebody says in passing and you just, it, it's just it. That's it. I believe that it's very important for women and anyone else, but particularly women, since we don't have as many women in sales, that when you go to your new job, the company you choose and the leadership you choose, it's upon you to find out whether they're going to support you. And it's a tough thing to learn after the fact that your company doesn't support you or your boss doesn't believe you. I mean, that's a deal breaker for me now, but I can look back with experience and say that I didn't know when I was in sales either. And fortunately, I've always worked. I've had some pretty great bosses, not always, but most of the time. And I've had times where I've just had another guy on my team get involved and close a deal for me or something. And I would just walk away. But yeah, if I wasn't believed, I'm gone. It's a deal breaker. If you're not celebrated in your role and people don't believe you, you don't need to be there. As a woman, you have so many options today. There are companies that would do anything to get great women on their sales team, that they're, they have so many openings and opportunities. And people reach out to me every week. Someone just sent me a note saying, can I send this woman your way? She wants to break into SaaS sales. And I said, yeah, I talk to women every week about this. But people should know that no one should deal with abuse of any type in their sales role. No one, men or women, you know, no one deserves any abuse. And at the same time, I learned to, just like I talked to my, I have a 12 year old grandson who was talking to me about, I mean, borderline bullying things that were happening to him. And, I, and on the one hand, you say, oh, nobody should bully and this and that. Bullying has been going on for years and years. I was bullied. A lot of other people were bullied when we were young. And at some point, you can't let what someone is saying to you go to your head, right? You have to learn to go, yeah, whatever. So you think I'm an idiot. I'm this, I'm that. You have to learn to stand up for yourself too. So it's, so I feel two sides, you know, I feel like by no means should anyone deal with abuse in a work situation, whether it's sexual harassment or anything else, whether it's internal or external, 
Well, let's think about that though, Lori. Like how many people, if I had told that to a bunch of guys and said like that this happened, how many out of 10 would say, oh, that's abuse? I don't know. I mean, today, I think it's different. I do think it's different than when I got into sales for sure. I I think it would be laughed at years ago. Now it's, people should know that when you start shooting your mouth off about or doing inappropriate things, it's not going to end well. You know, it's I'm here for the public shaming. Like I said, I'm not down for the cancel culture, but I'm I'll grab that yeah. popcorn any day. It's just it's ridiculous that anyone would consider that. And so it's it's it is ridiculous. And I'm with you. But again, like I still think I, I don't think many men would catalog that what I just described as being abuse. And frankly, I've been thinking deeply about this. Think about the nature of the role of selling. You have to form create connections. For establish rapport, trust, yeah. vulnerability, whatever. And think about how easy that is to misinterpret, especially when someone wants to misinterpret that. And now think about how dudes do not have to deal with that at all, hardly ever, if at all. And I'm with you on, you got to learn how to interpret the events that are happening around you differently. And I certainly think that time and maturity, that's a thing, but I also yeah. think- boundaries too. Boundaries to say, what did you just say? Say that again to me and make them go, Oh my God. You know, it's not, like, oh, just smile. You know, it's like it confronting someone when someone says something inappropriate, call them out on it right then. I, I don't care if it's a boss or a prospect. And that goes to me knowing that my boss is going to have my back. And so I would bring that up early on when I'm looking at different companies, or I'm going to know that the women that work there, that their boss has their back. But I definitely would call it out and I would let someone know, you know what? I'm here to help companies solve problems. You're talking about something else. I'm just, let's just pretend it didn't happen and go on, you know, if we can go on, but that's what I do. I would call it out. Oh, I certainly did. And I fucking tweeted about it. And now we're going to do a podcast episode about it. And so yeah, there's a certain brand of stupid if you're going to do that with me now. But okay, I'd like to see more program proactively for new sellers or people that yeah. are just so that they know how to respond or react in the moment. And also, here's where the fucking bar is for us as an organization. And so, all right, last one. And I'm we're right at time here. But Lori, have you noticed one of the things that was just put on my radar? is to take this like leadership and diversity or the gender stats to the next level is that we're starting to see that the women in leadership positions on sales floors are being pushed down to the SDR realm. Whereas the real closing, like being an AE manager is heavier on the men. And I, once it hit my radar, I, I put this out to a bunch of people and I was like, is this a thing? And it, everyone was like, now that you say that, Yes. And then there's like the hierarchy of who's a real closer or whatever. And so right. it's like this modern brand yeah. of the same fucking shit. Yeah. I mean, again, know what you want in a company. If you're looking to get promoted, if you ultimately have a path to be responsible for revenue and not just setting meetings. And not that setting meetings is not important. It's very important. But I hear what you're saying. And I've seen a lot of women that are overseeing SDR, BDR roles. And it also depends on the company and what the career path looks like. Know your career path. Know what your options are. Know that if you do that role, what the next role is. And it's about educating the company leadership on how to retain and promote women. 
It's very important. Just hiring women is not enough, but making it a place where I want to work, where I feel like I can get that next role if I do certain things and I know exactly what to do. I know the numbers that I have to hit to be considered for that. That's what we need. It's clarity. Transparency. I love like it doesn't take a lot of work, listener friends that are maybe in a situation where you're in a leadership position to look at a company's org chart with all the pictures in LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And we can see very clearly what's going on. And so I think you're spot on, Laura, that people are going to start being far more proactive in the choices and where they choose to bring their skills and their context to bear. All right. So she sells. It's coming out. It's about to come out. I know you said you put it on hold, but why why don't you just give the our listeners just a quick cliff notes about what this book is, how what made you want to write it, and then what the you know, when it comes out, what any kind of cool companion content that's whatever on your mind. Tell us all yeah. the things. Yes. So it it is a book that answers all the questions that I got from mostly male leaders, but also women too. But it, it's from leaders in companies and over sales that couldn't find women, that couldn't find enough women, that couldn't fill their pipeline, that couldn't retain women. And so these are all sorts of, it's very tactical with a little bit of strategy involved on how to build an inclusive sales team that is a place people will want to be and everyone will feel respected and honored and be able to contribute. So it has some additional codes and freebies and things like that that are going to be available soon. Awesome. Where can we pre-order it it until, or when is the launch date? And then where are you selling on Amazon or is it just on the website? Yeah, it will be on Amazon, but I have a pre-order page on womensalespros.com. Uh, forward slash she sells. Excellent. So listeners, that will be linked in the show notes. Lori, I know I personally can't wait to get my hands on it. Anybody else that's interested in educating themselves on this topic and maybe a little bit broader, Brotopia comes to mind. And then there's one on like how entitlement, how male entitlement hurts women. And it was an absolute eye-opener for me. That was another phenomenal one that I would definitely point you out. All those things will be linked in the show notes, as will Lori's phenomenal podcast, 50 Ways to Fight Bias. Is that what you, that's one you're reading now? That's on leanin.org. Amazing. Okay. 50 Ways to Fight Bias. That one, I'm going to grab that one and that will be linked in the show notes as well. All right, Lori, how can people find you? On LinkedIn is probably the best. Mm, I've Um, heard of that. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, we're all over. When is the She Sells Summit? Oh, so the She Sells Summit is early November. Okay. And uh, there will be lots of information ahead of time around September, August, and even earlier. All right. uh, Awesome. Is that a digital or a live? It will be digital this year. Okay. Hopefully looking to make it live in person in the future. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. All right, Lori, thank you for making time for us. Thank you for sharing your insights and your hard-earned experience with us youngins. And I want you to know that I appreciate you so, so, so very much. And thank you. All right, all. That wraps another installment of Revenue Real Hotline. Today's episode was produced by the fabulous Nian Fiedler. Naturally, I'd like to thank my guests for sharing their brilliance and stories with us. And thank you too, listener. I know you've got a ton of options and I appreciate you choosing us. 
For anyone who wants to support the show, do follow us wherever you listen and be sure to join us next time for more conversations designed to help you make better decisions and find more joy while selling. I'm Amy Rahovchik and that's a wrap.